What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? And thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know we're, we're live today. It's awesome, which if you paid attention to the drop-in, our, our first and second season were usually pre-recorded. And with the current state of things and the way the studio is and whatnot, we're like, let's just do it live. you know. But it, it, it feels so good to be back in this seat, in the studio here at NRM, uh, I mean the compound, really. There isn't a lot of people here still uh, abiding by the governor's rules and doing our part to stop the spread of COVID-19, but it's awesome to be in the studio. And I have a guest today. I have a guest today who uh, every time we talk, every time I learn something new, I am blown away. I told him before uh, I came on the air, I'm like, every time we talk, Ian, like, I'm like, wow, that dude's my friend. Like, we're friends. Like, I can call him. Uh, maybe even pick his brain sometimes. It's cool. Not the easiest guy to get a hold of, <laughs> but That's fair. in, in certain, uh, certain things, I would give him a call and say, what do you think, Ian? And Anytime. I would trust his opinion. Anytime. I really would. And um, it, it's just rad. So in a few minutes, I'm going to bring him on. You're going to learn all about him, what he is, why he's here, and, and what's coming in the future because he has some things in the cooker with some big names, it, it, it's incredible, mind-boggling to realize the power each of us have if we put in the effort. And we are talking about that as well. You know, the last three months has been uh, tough for a lot of people. I mean, people have been stuck in their house. The government governor orders have really dictated what we can and cannot do. And for me... I thought about two months ago, I'm like, you know, some of the biggest things in the world, the biggest inventions, the most uh, influential companies, uh, many things like that got their start at the worst times in this planet's history. The Great Depression, world wars, great things happen. And I'm like, it's time. It is time to really, really put my effort in when I have the time. To put my effort in to things that I have cult been cultivating for 20 years. And so Purple Heart, you're going to see some crazy big things happening with the Purple Heart clothing brand in the next month or two. With uh, the show, with NRM, so many big things are in the incubator. They're in the incubator and they're cooking and they are coming for you. You are the reason everybody in this studio would agree with me that you guys, the viewer, our fans are the reason we do what we do. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're enjoying the day wherever you are here in southeastern Michigan. Sunny day, warm, nice. It is a great day to be alive, and I want you to feel the same way. When you get up in 50 minutes, I want you to walk out of the door of your house and know that you can take over the world. And that is a great lead-in to my man, Ian Bensman. You know, this guy we met. I was at TEDx uh, a couple years ago, and they have like a trade show thing. NRM had a booth there. I stopped and shot the breeze with him and Andy, and, uh, and that was the beginning. That was the beginning. A month or two later, I'm here at the studio talking with uh, Mr. Benzman, his dad, discussing how we can work together. And now we're almost two years later. We're both like doing our thing. We, As people, we have not changed, but what we are involved with has. And so with that, I want to introduce you, the awesome drop-in audience to Mr. Ian Benzman. Ian, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule no, no to visit problem. here with me in the studio, man. No, thanks for having me. We've been trying to figure this out for a the second and then uh i know i'm happy to be on thanks for having me you flatter me too much though and I'm, I'm you know just doing what i enjoy 
Well, and that's it. That's it. You know, when you do what you love. I I just quoted uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer a couple days ago. I was in a meeting, and I said, you know, when you're in sales, your job isn't to sell a product. It is to be passionate about what you're doing and then sell that passion. Mm -hmm. So that's what the goal is. And you, I mean, between music, between, uh, I mean, putting together uh, animation things. I mean, you have your hands in a lot of things, and we're going to get into all of it. But I'm going to, we're going to talk later about it. But I want to talk about your In the Cloud project right now because you reached out to me, I don't know, a month and a half ago and said, how would you feel about playing drums on, on a track? And I'm like, yeah, let's give it a shot. It was something totally different than I've ever done, and I loved it. And I told you uh, several times, I want to do more. I oh, no, do we're, we're going to do more. Um, so what Carol's talking about is basically when everyone was quarantined, um, you know, all the bands were doing like their like, you know, concerts through like zooming and all that stuff and putting it all together. And so the band itself in the cloud, the whole concept came about. It's an homage to like the Postal Service. So the Postal Service got their name because one was in New York, one was in L.A. And they record stuff in New York, send it through the mail to L.A. They tweak on stuff back and forth, back and forth. So they became the Postal Service. So kind of took that concept and modernized it. So we're in the cloud. So I work with people all over the world, um, which is really cool. I got a guitarist in uh, Serbia. Um, I got a, a percussionist in Seattle, um, all over the place. So when I was putting together this first, um, the video that I wanted to do, because all the music, like I said, is done remotely. So I thought, what better way to perform this music than by doing what everyone else is doing right now because of the quarantine and kind of put it together through the cloud. So uh, you were the first drummer I reached out to. I was I was like, Gerald, we've been talking about doing this for a minute. Let's yep. do something. And um, my buddy Jake Bass did this just phenomenally beautiful piano part for it. And um it was, it, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And uh, as someone who doesn't get to play with, well, not that I played with a band for that, but as someone who is generally acoustic when I perform due to the fact that the music is a bit more complicated and has, you know, people around the world. I don't have a band, mm-hmm. per se. Um, it's more just like a musical project kind of thing. That's so why I can just kind of work with anyone I want. Yeah. No, I, I. it was an honor for me, and it was so cool. My biggest problem is after I heard it all put together... I'm like, I got to redo these drums. Like, I, I hear something totally different now, and I could pick it up here and slow it down here. And it, I, just... I, I learned, though. I learned from the first one. I think we're going to start with the drums ah. and then go from there. Cool. We're going to cool. try and figure it out. We were actually, I'm working on the second one right now. Yeah, no. I have it, to figure it... out a new name for it because quarantine's kind of over to an extent. But, um, yeah. I'm sure you got a pretty good imagination, so I'm sure uh, the name will just come to you. You know, probably like two you, in the morning. If you don't try too hard, for me, it's a uh, the morning shower. I have like like have to have a notebook because I I use the voice to note a lot. Okay, uh, especially yeah, that's not so good in the shower though. Uh, no, but after I get out of the shower, I'll be like you know doing my thing, and I immediately it's like record voice because so many great ideas come at that time of my day. Mm-hmm. The morning is is a very important time. But with that, I you know here on the drop, and I love telling the stories. I love to inspire people i want somebody around the world to go you know i saw that i heard that ian bensman story i i can do it i can do it so let's start at the beginning where'd you grow up uh that kind of thing yeah i actually grew up about half mile down the road from here um farmington hills michigan i went to eagle elementary warner middle school and north farmington high school um my junior year i actually dropped out Interesting. Yeah, I dropped out my junior year. Um, I went to OCC for a little bit while my friends were in their senior year, and then I went to Columbia College in Chicago and then dropped out of there. Um, And then came back here, um, and I went to a place called MPI out in Troy. It's like a one-year film trade school. Um, And basically that kind of led me on the path that I'm on now, or at least where I'm at now in my path. Um, 
I met some amazingly awesome people who I still work with. One of them's on the other side of the glass right now. Um, you know, um, so, you know, I kind of met my like crew of film people through MPI. Weirdly, not my year. Um, everyone I work with is after my year. Hmm. Um, but it's that's the kind of place it is. It's really I still I you know talk at the open houses still like I would not be where I'm at right now if I didn't go there. Um, so anything you know I could ever do to help out, I'm more than happy to. But I it's legitimately um, wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't go there. How were your high school years? Because you know <laughs> uh, for me, uh, skateboarding and punk rock wasn't very cool, and most people uh, throughout my. Uh, early schooling did they didn't even know i played hockey all they knew is this little quiet punk rock kid who hung out with the loud mouse and we were like the outcast so it was a, a, a bit of a different environment how about for you you know you're a very creative person you do your own thing you you got the own your own music in your head yeah. so to speak how was high school for you um it was um it was, it was fine you know, i i never liked going to school i was never one of those sit in class do work people um, in fact, my mom would always freak out about it. And then one year, my teacher was like, no, once he's out of school, he'll be fine. Um, still friendly. She had my friends with Facebook. She, like, wrote my college recommendation. Um, but, um, you know, it was, I'm, I was friendly with everybody. Um, I didn't really have my, – my big issue was actually just turning my homework in. Mm. I was very much the not turn my homework. Even if I did it, I, I don't know. I just I, School just wasn't for me. I always knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to make movies. That was – there was never – um, a plan. We're sitting in Plan B, which kind of became Plan A. It's it's funny how things work, but um, you know, um, I knew what I wanted to do, and that's why I dropped out because the place I wanted to go, Columbia. You know, if I got a certain amount of my ACT, and they took GED, so basically I knew I was going to get in anyway. because I had a twenty nine in my ACT, so I was like, I'm going there. Did, you know, dropped out. I hated I hated going to school. I loved seeing everyone at school, but it was the school part of school that just wasn't. So much for me. When you dropped out, uh, were the parents just freaking, or did they have the confidence in you? That's a that's a tough one because I know most parents around the world would be like, "You're not dropping out. You're finishing school. You got one more freaking year. Finish it out, and then you can do whatever you want." How were your parents? My mom with that? was surprisingly cool with it. My dad was so not at first. <laughs> um, at first, um, but eventually, it was kind of one of those. You know, I went and took the GED class which was like the easiest freaking class ever and then took that test and then basically went from there um you know they got with the you know program pretty quickly because it was going to happen regardless you know right on well you talked about uh you know the people that came with you um, and Corey Stewart, who is very uh, a, a dear friend of mine, we we met through NRM, but uh, he has just been. I mean, we were inseparable. He was a project manager. We've done projects together. I love Corey, and you have a very close relationship with Corey Stewart. Is it uh, from school? Um, well, so he went to MPI, but I didn't go with me. Um, so I was producing a short film that he was crewing on. And then and that's the well, actually, I, it's funny. I spoke in his class first. That's what it was. I was speaking in his class. And then he was crewing on a set I was producing. And then um, I co wrote a short with my buddy Cole, and um, which he's been on the show, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the 404 Diner. So we co wrote that. And he was doing it for a directing class that he was like guest teaching. And uh, Corey was his first AD. And so we used Corey as the first AD on the short, and basically now Corey's crew, and he's stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> now, if, if anybody listening wants to look up MPI uh, website, stuff like that, I know we're going to go over all this stuff at the end, but if you're listening to the show and you want to check out what Ian's talking about, how do they... Um... Motion Picture Institute. Okay. Yep, Motion Picture Institute out in Troy on Big Beaver. Um, 
I went there in 2011. I still go back there for advice. If you want to get into film, they will get you ready for set, and they will put you in the right direction. You have to do the work once you're there, but they will absolutely do everything they can to get you to the point where you're, you have the work's on you. Right on, right on. And you you mentioned uh, Cole Seeger. Uh, go back in the library. Check out the show with Cole Seeger. It blew my doors off because Cole is sort of like, you know, not not trying to be negative, but he's a little socially awkward. Like, he, he we never really had, like, long conversations. I brought him on the show. Once he opens up. Oh, my yeah, word. I love he when Cole opens up. He's blew like, my yeah. doors off, One of my man. favorite people. Yes, definitely, and I understand why for sure. Now, um, when you came out of MPI, what did you do next? So I did freelance film um, for a handful of years. I worked on... Um, Everything from like commercial corporate videos I'm never ever gonna see to um, I worked on um, Transformers Four and uh, the Detroit movie that about the riots with Catherine Bigelow for the four days they shot here. Granted, I was in the production office, so I actually had like a handful of like weeks of work, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've been I've been really fortunate to work on some really cool projects. I worked on a Travis Scott music video. Um, I worked on a Mike Posner music video. I thought I thought Travis Scott was a country artist, to be honest with you, because like when people used to call me, I was doing freelance. It'd be like, I'm like, is it paid? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. And then right. I get to set, and unless I like needed to know in advance, you know, I'll learn when I get there. No, I was wrong. Travis Scott, not a country artist. I don't know. He's I like apologize. Gangster rap. No way. Out of Texas. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's when, that's what I said. Very interesting. Yeah, that's what now, I said. Now, um, that work, I know, you know, in Michigan we had the tax breaks for all the mu- uh, movie industry, and that unfortunately has went away right now. Uh, what a great timing for you, eh? It was, it was interesting. Um, it was actually really interesting. When the incentives left, there was more work because a lot of people left, and there was always stuff here, you know, commercials and lower-budget things. So when there was this influx of stuff and all these people left, there was still all these jobs. So I kept pretty busy, um, but what actually did it, I worked on a project. I worked on, um, I'm not even going to say the project, but I was working on this one project, and they asked me to pick up a handful of things. It was in Ann Arbor, and I was out here in Farmington Hills. And I was like, I'm letting you guys know, like, at that time of day, like, that early in the morning, like, I'm going to be hitting rush hour. Like, I will be late. If you want me to do this, I'm more than happy to. But, like, I will be late. They're like, no, don't worry about it. That's fine. So kept him in touch the entire time like I'm here I'm here I'm here I'm here and then I get up there and basically the main producer was never told that I was told that it was okay for me to show a plate with all this stuff <laughs> and the, the associate producer basically didn't want to put their neck on the line and they, I, had, I got fired and so the producer came out or the associate producer comes out he's like you know the lesson to learn here is that sometimes no matter what you do the hammer falls on you and I go that's the worst lesson Ever, hundred percent worst so, lesson ever. Yeah, so I was I was furious. I'm driving home and I, I called their other buddy Jacob and I was like, I'm done working for other people. We're done working for other people. Um, not that that transitioned to this, but it, it basically towards the end when I was doing freelance, um, you know, my dad used to do a pay to play radio show, mm-hmm. and even when he did it in 2012, it was all online listeners. That's because you could barely get the signal out of the parking lot, but. Um, Literally, I was in his car once and I was having trouble. Anyway, um, but so he's going to go do it again. And I'm like, well, if all your listeners were online, you got to go get all these people to give you ad money anyway. Just charge them half and do a podcast. And um, that's the really, really short version of how we're here now. Interesting, because, you know, he told me pretty much the same kind of story. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he had a show. 
and he wanted to continue doing the show. And then you stepped up and said, this is what I do, Dad. Like, this is sort of a version of... Everything's going digital, everything. I mean, it just made sense to me, you know? Um, And, yeah, and then put together the business plan, and we went and found the money, and we built the studio, and... And and the the people here, one of the, the... I think one of the greatest things about NRM is... And everybody says their company is a family. Everybody says that. No matter where you go. Oh, we mean it, though. Uh, that's what I'm getting we to. We will I'll gut tell, you if you mess with one of ours. I'll tell you what. You know, I, I met everybody here uh, at the time. Uh, it would have been October of 2017, 2018. And, um, and you know, they gave me the pitch. We, we were trying to, you know, sell ourselves to each other, so to speak, like you do in a business mm-hmm. meeting. And and the whole family thing came up, and I'm like, yeah, I've heard that about, you know, every job I've ever had or anybody at every company I've ever rode for or whatever. And with NRM, and, and it could be, a, you know, I'm sure it's a lot to do with you because uh, the relationships with uh, some of the most important players here you had previously or you, you, you come from MPI, you're, you're alumni, you're mm-hmm. friends outside of these doors and it translates into uh, the business and how tight it is and, and how everybody does look out for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that can go both ways, you know. I mean, you can ha- work with a friend. I've, I've had to work with friends where I had to drop the hammer on them, and it's not a comfortable feeling Mm-mm. at all. It that, is not. It is not. I've been in the unfortunate situation a few times since we've started this company where I've had to be like involved in things I didn't want to be involved in because it is a little more personal than just straight business. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, but if you're honest and, and you're... Uh, I don't like the word transparent. I'm trying to find another word to replace that. Not beating around the bush. Yes, yes. Um, I think it makes it a little easier. Mm -hmm. No, no, we we, are very straightforward with everyone around here. Um, I have have an issue with not. I tell everyone, they're all my friends, so I'm going to tell them anyway, you know, so... Yeah, it's uh, it really is. A, it is a family here at NRM, and even with the new people that have come in, uh, you know, starting like December, January, we've had a lot. Of, uh, Darren McCarty is here. Tom Mazaway is here. We got Terry Foster and uh, uh, Jimmy. Yep, Jimmy. He's here, and it's like you know they fit right in. They get it. They give you that positive vibration. These people didn't even know me, and I come through the door, and they're like, "Gee, what's up?" And it's like we've known each other for five years, ten years years already and everybody is helping out everybody else and that's why we're going to be successful i agree i'm very fortunate to be surrounded by people who are way better at what they do than what i do and i thrive on that well and and i'm going to get right into the whole uh, like entrepreneurial trust thing and and we're bouncing around a little bit but i'll tell you what i didn't really have an outline you you know i've talked about before how how i usually do the show i ask the guests to send me a bio i i email them an outline get the okay you know and and we i walked in and wrote down some stuff i'm like ian and i are just going to have a conversation I'm yeah, we're going to get to know each other a little better, and, and thousands of people across the globe can watch. So so it's it's a little bit all over the map, but prior to coming on, we were talking about uh, the entrepreneurial spirit and how uh, a lot of times you want to, like for me, I want to do everything myself. I want to be in control. I built websites and companies and this and that, and at a certain point, you have to trust an expert. And it, it is it is you, you have to be doing what you are the best at, and they can do what they're the best at, and that 
that mm-hmm. person over there you trust, they're going to do what they're the best at, and 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 then it all comes together. Mm-hmm. With the trust thing, um, and with this, was it tough? Um, is it tough for you to uh, relinquish some of that power and let the experts do what the experts do? Mm-mm. No, not at all. In fact, I defer to them most of the time, um, unless it's something I'm like dead set on. But even then, if there's a group of people who are like, no, that's not the way we should, then, you know, I'll, there are certain things I'll totally not budge on. Um, but no, for the most part, I, I thrive on it. I thrive on working with people like that. Um, I can only do so much. You know, I, I've learned my limits the hard way. And um, thankfully, I, you know, I have people like Corey and Angel and David who are amazing at what they do. Um, I don't get to do any of what I do without everyone. Like, legitimately, um, every single person in this company has covered for me on something in some way, shape, or form, whether it's outside production or a friend thing or, a, you know, just, it, I wouldn't get to do what I do without all of them. Still. Still. I thank them so often because I, I feel the same way. I wouldn't be able to sit here and bring this show to all of you guys, the amazing drop-in audience, without Angel, David, Andy, Ian, Paul, Jess, freaking everybody. Everybody. Michael mm-hmm. Shulman. Everybody. It, it, it's a team. It's a family, and everybody wants to see everybody else around them succeed more than they want to see themselves succeed most of the time. Yeah. That's the way I, I feel about it being here. Um, you know, there's a few things I want to bring up because uh, some some uh, big things are happening. Some big things have happened. And last year, I had the uh, honor to host a talk show at Comic-Con. Actually, a game show. I hosted a Star Wars game show, and it, uh, it was pretty funny because uh, when I'm going to, to the event— I'm getting dressed, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, game show hosts wear suits. So I put on my green shark skin suit. I still have my purple hard hat on, but I, I'm in a shark skin suit, and I'm ready to host a show. I'm thinking Bob Barker or whatever. But how did that whole thing, because that was a huge event. NRM yeah. had a huge presence, streamed it the whole time, and got a bunch more people to pay attention to what we are really doing. How did that come all into fruition? That was actually really interesting how that came into fruition. Um there's a beginning part of the story I'm going to leave out. Um, be, anyway, um, so long story short, um, Motor City Comic Con started working with a company called Real Integrated. Um, and my buddy Logan, who is like friendly with you know, my friends on the weekend, like I didn't know him through work. I knew him through friends. And we'd been talking for, God, years at that point about how there's like synergy in what he does and what I do. And, and he mentioned um, that they got the Comic Con thing. Um, and um, basically, I was like, oh, you got to go to your bosses and you got to go you know, pitch them this thing. And basically, went full speed ahead from there. They mentioned the idea to Comic-Con. Comic-Con loved the idea. We sat down, and three four months later, we did that. And the presence was incredible, right in the middle, they, a seated area, they a stage. They were super awesome with getting us the placement. And, you know, because it was their 30th, you know, it was their big anniversary, so we were, like, super pumped. I mean, that's my hometown con. I went there every year since I was a kid. Um, so to be a part of it was was really cool. Um, and uh, like this year, unfortunately, because of what's going on, you know, it had to get pushed. Um, I don't know if it's been rescheduled yet, but thankfully we were able to. Um, one of the things that we're working on is a thing called Twisted Tunes. And they asked if we could do one for their website um, in lieu of the con this year. So I was like, of course. So, you know, we put that up there and launched that on there. Um, no, I, I, um, 
hopefully next year we get to do it again because that was one of the coolest things I've ever like we got to go in before everything was there and get everything set up and then like um i got interviewed on channel seven which i thought was like for the internet like they're like oh yeah we got interviewed i thought it was like for you know one of their web no i was live i had no idea i had no idea i also had no idea how many of my friends were up that early on the weekend watching the news um it was because i got a bunch oh you're just i'm like that was on tv but right on well, listen, we're uh, at our uh, at the break here of episode one. Make sure to tune in for to episode two with Ian Benzman because we just scratched the surface. And I want to get into some more of how he is growing as a person, some of the evolution of how he's getting involved in some really rad stuff. And you can only hear it here on the drop-in on NRM Streamcast. Thank you guys very much, and I hope to see you on episode two.